Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B. Well, that's for the birds. But yeah, that just overbroke job by investing, by having a side hustle, by being an entrepreneur in every way possible. Today, I'm super pumped to bring on a really an entrepreneur who has literally created many businesses, online businesses, brick and mortar businesses, and they are all streams of income that comes in to help him be financially independent and feed his family and become successfully unemployed. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's up, guys? Super pumped, as always, to have you here on the Successfully Unemployed show with me. And I gotta say, I super enjoy podcasting, and I love seeing how many people are downloading the show and listening to it and everything. And I just looked at the, I guess there's like a chart thing of how many people download where. And apparently, like, it ranked, the Successfully Unemployed show ranked in Canada for, like, entrepreneurship. I'm like, oh, that's super cool. I love Canadians. They're fantastic. I actually have a, quite a number of Canadians on the show, you know, teaching us and learning from them about business and entrepreneurship. So I just love podcasting. And also, I just got to say that on my other show, the Master Passive Income show, where I talk about real estate investing, that actually hit 1 million downloads. I'm just super blown away. I love how podcasting is a medium that literally anybody can get into and also be helping so many other people on top of that as well. And so just starting a podcast, anybody can do that. Like you don't have to have a big production company. You don't have to have, you know, like work for NBC, ABC, like these big companies, that big media companies like Disney or whatever. You don't have to work for them at all. You can literally start this on your own. I just have this, I don't know, $150 microphone plugged in my laptop and then hit record. And it's really just using a free software and record. And it's so awesome that this helps to reach so many people and help so many people change their lives in so many different ways. And what's also awesome, because I'm a business owner and I start businesses, I am literally telling my kids to not go to college. In fact, literally hate college personally. I even blew up my college degree. And so I actually have a video where I blew up the college degree. I got 16 pounds of Tannerite. That's where you shoot it with a bullet and it literally explodes. I put gasoline on top of that in a bucket. And then my degree on top of that, it was a wooden plaque degree and blew the darn thing up. And it was super spectacular. So I'm teaching my kids, you don't need to go to college to make money. There's so many other ways. In fact, I'm literally teaching my daughter. She's 14 years old. She's our oldest. I'm teaching her how to edit podcasts. And she's doing a phenomenal job. So if you're listening to this and you, let's say she does mess up and you hear something in this, well, she's the one editing it and I'm paying her money to edit. And they're like companies, big companies that that's what they do is they edit podcasts and they have a company making money editing podcasts. And I'm like, you know what? I can absolutely and am teaching my family, my kids how to make money. And the big reason why we're not going to go to college is, number one, you are going to get in thousands and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt. And they're going to teach you things that you probably don't need to know or really even care to know. And you're not going to be able to make money right out of that. Now, my kids, I know that I can teach my kids how to make money 
better than anybody at any college. Like literally, I could just, without a doubt, know that I can do that. And so that's what I am doing with the Successful Unemployed Show. Now my daughter is actually working in the business. So she edits my podcast. I pay her money to do that. With Master Passive Income, I actually give away my book. Now you pay for the shipping and for the cost of the book, but I don't make any money on it. But there's a lot of shipping that we do. My daughter actually even does that. She gets up the, you know, the, the software and everything to print up the labels. She bags them up and puts the labels on there. And my other little kid, littler kids, you know, they're her brothers and sisters, actually, they put them in bags and actually put the labels on them. And so I'm literally growing my kids in this business. It could be a brick and mortar business. It could be an online business. But here's what I'm really trying to tell you is anybody can actually learn how to make money to provide for their family without working for somebody else. In fact, like I said, I'm teaching my kids exactly how to do this as well, even teaching them how to invest in real estate, and you can do it too. You really just have to put one foot in front of the other, making sure that you're moving forward, making sure like whatever it is that you want to do. And that's why, and honestly, Successfully Unemployed, the podcast, I mean, I don't make any money on it. It's literally just a passion project because I love talking to entrepreneurs, number one. I love learning, number two, and then I love sharing that knowledge with as many people as possible. So I would really appreciate it if you would just tell one person about this show saying, hey, you can learn how to you know, edit podcasts. You can learn how to uh, invest in real estate. You can learn how to start a bridal store. Like, like, I obviously have a show on that as well, but I just want to give out all this information so that people can actually change their life because when you find out your path to becoming financially independent, to make your money without working for somebody else, life gets so much better. And that's why we have the show. Now, today I'm bringing on a fantastic expert in all types of investing to starting businesses, running a brick and mortar business, online business, coaching, and all, like literally everything. It seems like he does everything. He's a super fantastic guy on top of that. And as we were talking, actually, he brought me on his podcast, which is a great podcast. You'll hear about it in the show. And with that, we started talking. I'm like, dude, you need to come on Successfully Unemployed and share with everybody your passion for helping, number one, but then also what other people can do. Because from the business that you started, I would never have thought of starting that type of business, but that sounds pretty awesome. Let me let me bring you on so other people can hear it too. And this is really how like almost all the shows come about. Like you'll probably won't hear any big name people because I just want to interview normal. I guess that normal word normal kind of is kind of loaded because people think, oh, who's you know, what's normal? Regular, everyday people like us can actually do this. We can actually become financially independent and honestly. It is so much easier to become financially independent in today's day and age with the internet. Oh my goodness, there are so many ways to make money with the internet. And not just like, you know, buying and selling on Amazon or eBay or something like that. There are so many other ways, and that's why we have the show. But today, I'm bringing on an expert who is a, an entrepreneur, not just an entrepreneur in general, but like a serial entrepreneur. He does starts many businesses and hires other people to do the work to make sure that the business is running, making money, paying them well, but then also making money on that to provide for himself and his family. On top of a real estate investor and online business guy, he's done almost everything, it seems like. I'm bringing on Casanova Brooks onto the show. He's going to show us 
how we can do exactly what he has done to become successfully unemployed. All right, here we go. Casanova, thanks for being on the show, man. Dawson, thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. And I'm excited to have this conversation. This is terrific. So I was on your podcast, which is a great podcast. Everybody needs to check it out. But then after meeting, I'm like, man, you need to come on and tell your story as well as just share with our audience how you make your money without working that dead-end J-O-B. So Casanova, what do you do to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead-end J-O-B? Yeah, I would say at the core of everything, the way that I love to describe it is I build relationships, right? And the reason why I say that is I know that that could be fluffy and, and I'll tell you the exact things that I do, but I think at the heart of everything I do, I'm just a relationship builder. So the ways that I bring in income to provide for my family is one, I am the founder and CEO of Dream Nation Media, which is a media company. We focus on podcast production, uh, repurposing content, social media, but also taking that video content and turn it into written content. And so basically a lot of the times us as digital creators, when we have a message Message, when we have a story, uh, we want to get that out there. We want to interview people. But a lot of the times we can be bogged down on trying to get the content out there consistently and efficiently. And so that's where in the beginning I was that person, right? I, I had a podcast and I was starting to get some really quality guests, but I was like, I don't have the time to do the show notes. I don't have the time to continue to do the outreach. I don't have the time to chop up all of the footage and then post it on social media, find the hashtags, everything else. So I hired a team one by one. As my brand started to grow, I started to build more relationships with friends and people who came on the show. And then we got into conversations of, hey, could you do that for me? And uh, I was talking to my team and it was, yeah, because we built systems and processes that we were able to then do that for other clients. So that's uh, one of the main ways, as you uh, talked about as well, I do have a brick and mortar business, um, which is a childcare center that my wife and I own. Um, we own the building and we own the business. So that was started in June of 2019. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. I don't uh, like to take too much credit for that because that is my wife's vision, her baby. I've been the behind the scenes guy, as you might say, a passive investor in that. Um, while we obviously have done the marketing for the business, which allowed us to grow from zero to 70 kids in nine months. And that was right before the pandemic hit, which took us back down to 28. And then we were able to get that back up to 89. And, and now we uh, just, what, four months ago, bought a building, um, which allowed us to double our capacity. And then as well, I am a full-time real estate agent and uh, and coach. So for that, that's been a lot of fun for me as well, because I, I kind of got it out of the mud and in real estate. And then as I learned, you know, how to find my way through real estate, through building relationships, not only on the agent side, um, but also on the investing side. A lot of friends, family, and even, you know, clients would see me online and they would say, hey, man, I want to start investing in real estate or I want to purchase a home. And so, again, the same strategies that I applied to my own business, I was able to teach other people. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I got my hands in a lot of different things. Of course, we talked about the podcast, which uh, I do have a revenue coming in from the podcast. So a lot of fun. Those are the ways I would say the top four ways that I bring in income for my family. That's great. And thinking of being a, not just a business owner, but an entrepreneur, you see opportunities and you also realize that when you help other people, you help people get what they want. You can create a business doing that and you can make money, but also serve them, which is terrific. Now, what were you doing before all of this? And, you know, we didn't all just you know, get born and have a business. 
but we start someplace and we eventually work our way to where we can become successful and unemployed and actually quit our job. Talk to us about that process and then all the nerves and everything and being able to actually quit. For me, I had many different jobs as I was growing up. I was raised a little bit about my story. So I was raised by a single mom, uh, south side of Chicago. My grandma stepped in early on to be that father figure in my life because my dad was never in my life. Uh, only child on my mom's side, but last I knew, I had 13 brothers and sisters on my dad's side. So yeah, I always say, uh, it, it's funny because he he didn't do anything to bridge the gap or the relationship. So even though I grew up with a lot of brothers and sisters, obviously I was an only child because I never had relationships with any of them. As I was growing up, I was always an ambitious kid. I, I was never really a troublemaker, but I was that kid that was outgoing, that was very curious. And so as I was getting older, I tried my hand at some of everything. I mean, everything from playing poker for a living for two years, online poker, then it wound up getting shut down. So then I had to move to Canada for uh, three weeks before my son was born because that was the only way I knew how to make money. My first real job was being a server at a restaurant, a nicer restaurant. Well, that was what really taught me about building relationships with people because I quickly started to get people who would come in and they would want to be regulars of mine. And I started to think to myself like, listen, Dustin, you could have went anywhere in the city on this Friday night, but not only did you come to my restaurant, uh, but you chose to wait for a seat in my section. Uh, GM of a pretty big car dealership uh, in, in the restaurant. And then he became a regular of mine with his family. And one day I went in to get my own car, my first ever car. And he sees me at the table and he says, Hey, cause I was buying the car for my buddy. And he says, Hey, Casanova, uh, or ask Casanova if he has any interest in selling cars. And so when the guy comes back to the table, I look at my wife, my now wife, but uh, I look at her and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. Well, of course, as all sales managers are, especially car sales managers, he was pretty persistent. And uh, within six months, I become car salesman of the month, two months in a row. I uh, knew nothing about cars. And at this time, I'm living in Sioux City, Iowa um, from, you know, I said I was born and raised in Chicago, but now at this time I'm living in Sioux City. And so I'm selling Kias in the middle of Iowa, where it's mainly pretty American. They only want to talk about their Fords, their Chevys, their Dodges. Uh, but I, I was killing it at that. But again, it was it was the power of the relationships. And then Around this time as well, I get recruited to do network marketing. I learned that for me, within those nine months that I did it, um, I learned that the product or service wasn't for me, but the value that I learned out of that network marketing. And what I mean by that, it was the first time I was ever exposed to things like richest man in Babylon, go for no, rich dad, poor dad, which, you know, kind of fueled my real estate um, vision. So one of the guys in the network marketing, he says, man, you got to get down um, to Omaha, you know, which was about an hour and a half away from Sioux City. And you got to, you know, get a job where you could just, you know, work a little bit of time. But then when you're not working, you can build the business. So I wound up taking a job where I became a digital marketing consultant. Now, really, this company, it was Fortune 500 company, but they were the yellow pages. Um, right. So that's what they were used to, but they were transitioning, right? Because at this time it was 2014. So they were transitioning to trying to become a media company. So that's where they hired me and a whole bunch of other people, like younger people. And so I did that within nine months. I, I finished as number eight in the entire company, uh, inside sales. And so I was crushing it. Um, I made more money than I ever had. 
all, all the money that I was also bringing in on the phones all day, I was getting one, two, maybe 3% of those uh, sales. So I wasn't getting a lot. So at that point, I really felt like if I really wanted to take life by the horns and I wanted to be rewarded for my efforts, at least to the best of my ability, um, then that means that I need to go out and I need to create something on my own. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. And so at that point, I started going home and talking to my wife and I came across a real estate video and a guy says, you know, you got to find a way to be the Lord of your land. And why? Because he or she who owns the land makes the rules. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of what sparked it all for me. And uh, the rest is kind of history. And I don't know if there's any other questions or anything you want to tap on in there, but that's how we get to this point. And you moved from Oklahoma. Now you're living in Texas. Is that correct? Correct. Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, so a lot of go. people know Omaha because of the, you know, the Oracle, uh, Warren Buffett. <laughs> so I was brand new yep. to Omaha. So yeah, I moved. And then just two weeks ago, I moved down here to uh, Dallas, Texas. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of transitions for me over these years, but uh, it seems like they keep getting better and better. So there's actually a podcasting conference next week I'm going to be at in Dallas. It's called Podcast Movement. Have okay. you heard of that one? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I yeah, yeah, definitely know. I know Jared and and those guys. Um, my head's been so down. Like I said, this transition has moved. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's phenomenal. I definitely got to look into it for sure. Yeah, no, I I go almost every single year. It's it's a really good conference, especially if you're a podcaster. I love podcasting. It's it's just really, really fun. Okay. So with providing for your family, I mean, you have multiple streams of income, which is terrific. You also have actual brick and mortar businesses, which is really, really awesome. And also it's, it can be challenging because you have a lot of overhead with just, you know, electrical, you know, toilets, like everything oh, yeah. in a business as well as employees as well. But with that, you also have other businesses, which is great real estate investing. Now, if we're going to look at the digital marketing aspect, like if we want to build a team and not have huge overheads like a physical location. And I love that you buy the actual business, or sorry, buy the building, and then you put, build the business and put it inside the building. That's just brilliant. You're paying yourself, which is great. So yeah. with that, thinking about creating a an online business, let's say digital marketing, where you're helping people who have podcasts repurpose their content or, you know, make sure that they're actually doing what they can do. The best re way to reach out to people with ma making articles, putting things on social media, all that sort of stuff. How, how did you, like the biggest thing that comes to my mind is 
like we as entrepreneurs could probably figure out what to do, how to do it. Like, okay, yeah, let's cut this up, put this audi uh, audiogram, I think what they call it, put it on here and all that sort of stuff. But the biggest thing is you built a team for yourself first. A lot of people don't think like that, but you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner. You know that you need teams in order to be able to scale your business. Talk to us about, you had your own podcast, but you knew you needed more help. What was the first hire? How did that go? And like, how do we know that we need now to scale by hiring people to work in our business? So my team has always been remote, right? So that's a, a huge thing and probably a benefit someone listening at this right now is I understand the, the growing pains right now. It's going to be different for me being down here in Dallas because I'm actually looking at hiring um, a local team. Right. So as I as I get my podcast studio live and everything, it will be local. But for the last five and a half years, my team has always been remote. And so uh, and when I say remote, I mean out of the country. So the Philippines, Argentina, um, uh, Dominican Republic, uh, India, uh, and I have a team of 11 people right now on my team. So when you ask about what my first hire was, uh, for me, my first hire was the thing that I didn't want to do the most, right? So I think that that's where you start at. Because if you start in a podcast or, yeah, let's use a podcast, for example, because people are listening to this and most likely a lot of people that are listening, they would love to have their own podcast because they like the way that, you know, it flows. So for me, I would look at what is the thing I don't like? If I'm recording on video, if I only want to record, right, If am I doing them individual as in I have all the episodes or am I doing interview style, right? So if I'm doing interview style, do I like reaching out to the people? Right. I'm writing down a list of all of the things that I don't like. So that's what I would recommend people do. Right. And first off, if you want to say, OK, well, I don't want to just think about all the things I don't like. Write down a list of everything that you do. Right. And then put them in the categories of things you do like and things you don't. You might like reaching out to people. I know when I first got started, I did because it was kind of like the chase of the, the thrill of the chase. Right. So like I've had some of the biggest names in the world, Grant Cardone. I've had Jack Canfield. I've had Pat Flynn. I've had JLD. I've had a lot of people that I've built genuine relationships with now. For me, that was one of the things that I love doing. I love to go find the guests. And what that meant was, you know, I probably couldn't just shoot you an email, especially if you're a big name like Grant Cardone, I had to figure out another way to be able to get in. Whether that mean at the time when he's on Clubhouse, whether that means, you know, connecting with his COO at the 10X conference, there's a lot of different ways that you could do it. And so for you, you might say, hey, I, I don't like reaching out to people. Well, that means I would probably get a VA, right? And I would, I would formulate a strategy on how we reach out to people, right? Now, there's going to be a couple of tweaks in there, but try to get something a little bit more templated. And maybe it's not templated in uh, the way the first paragraph on what you're saying to them, but maybe it's more templated in the second paragraph about what it is about you, what makes you stand out, why should they want to come on your show, right? And so that's what I would do in that way. Then it might even be video editing, Right. So if it's video editing, I would look to try to find a video editor. Right. For me, the first hire that I made was a video editor because I knew that I didn't want to spend all these hours in Adobe Premiere Pro. I didn't want to spend because it was going to take time to learn those things. And me, what I really wanted to focus on was asking the right questions and building relationships with my guests. So that was the first hire I made. Now, my video editor, um, he's still with me to this day. He's been with me now going on five years. Uh, so it's it's amazing. And, and he also helps me run the media company now because of the vision that we've built together. So phenomenal um, 
higher that I made there. But uh, yeah, that's what I would say. My first, my first one was a video editor. From there, he started doing social media. Now, social media became a little bit too much to try to chop up the content, figure it all out, and post it, right? So my next hire was a social media person, right? And then they helped me to grow the account. They helped me with the engagement. They helped me with all those things. So then it was kind of a three-headed monster. And then from there, I knew that it wasn't just social media that I needed, but I did always like the thought of building out a blog because it was kind of more like compound interest. So in the beginning, it takes a while to get it going, right? For SEO purposes. But once you get that thing rocking, once you're over 10,000, then you can get to 25,000 you know, even though you're not under, you don't control the algorithm, right? Because Google could knock you down. We also know that if anybody wants to learn anything, what's the first thing that they do? They Google it, right? And if it's not Google, they go to YouTube, who's owned by what? Google. So I always knew that that was something else I wanted to tap into. And I own the website. So I love that. Whereas on social media, I don't own those platforms. So that was what uh, I did. And those were my first two hires. And then I think eventually became my third was an SEO person. So you did that for your own business. And then also realized that you had other people that wanted this and needed this service as well. And how did you make that transition? Because you know, I, I do have a number of uh, virtual assistants that I have for my business and I just hire them to do like my video editor. That's what he does. He takes care of my videos. He has other clients that he picks on himself or picks up himself. Now I could, cause I've had other people, uh, friends of mine or people that have podcasts and YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff say, Hey, who do you use for a video, uh, editor? I could have said, or what I did say, well, I'll use my guy, you know, just let him know. And here's his email. Instead, it seems like what you did was say, well, man, why don't I just start another business? Because I could serve people now. I have the infrastructure, I have the systems and everything set up that they just hire me. How do you how do you make sure that your employees that are working for you now, that you're charging the customer the right amount and paying your employees the right amount? How do you make sure that you're like, what's is there like a 10% on top of what you pay or 50% or whatever it might be? How do you make sure that you're pricing accordingly and still being able to pay your employees? For me, what I thought about in the beginning was um, Dream Nation Media manages Casanova Brooks brand the same way they would manage, um, you know, Jack Canfield's brand. Right. So so I'm still paying. So regardless, all my people, for the most part, like I have them either on a salary or a per like per video, per blog, or or something like that basis. So I try not to have to get into too much hourly. Um, that's my preference. But obviously, every method may vary. So I think in the beginning, what that did for me was it didn't matter if it was my if they were working on my project or if they're working on someone else's project, it kind of kept it even across the board. And I think the other thing was for me, I understood that early on, I needed to be able to pitch a vision. Because 95% of uh, independent contractors, whether they're a video editor, a blog writer, or SEO person or whatever, they constantly have to go looking for new clients, right? They they don't think of them, they don't think of this as a career. Um, they're just seeing the fact that they get to work from home, they get to control their own schedule. And so they're getting basically um gigs, right? They get a different project. So for me, I think early on, I pitched the vision of hey, you love me as a client, you love getting paid by me. Well, what about if we work together and we go find um more? clients and then you know we'll keep the same and as the revenue grows for the company 
obviously that means that we can also talk about how do I reinvest more of that back into you as well as the rest of the team and get better resources, get better systems. Because right now we already have one, but at the same time, it's only based off of one, two clients, right? As opposed to seven, eight, nine, 10 clients. And so they love that. And, um, you know, everybody loves a bigger picture because for the most part, when you're in, you know, solopreneur world. We want to say entrepreneur, but a lot of people don't make it to that because they stay solo. They stay small, right? And they are the people who have to do all of the tasks. And one of the things I learned even in the real estate world, um, which has always stuck with me and it will always stick with me is if you do not have an assistant, guess what? You are the assistant. (laughs) You do all the work. Yep. You do all the work. So for me, that was very big in understanding that, you know, I needed to be able to take more things off of my plate. And one of the things that I've always told my team is, you know, how will you replace yourself? Right. So what does that mean? That means that you have to be thinking about systems and processes that you can create. So when we bring someone else in, doesn't mean that it replaces you. It means that it allows you to focus on higher level tasks. Right. So that's how you replace yourself out of this position. And obviously the bigger the problems you could solve, then the more value that you bring and the more money that you warranted. So that's kind of always been the process for me. And that's something that I've learned over the day. But I think that that's tried and true. And anybody can be able to build a reputable team and even another business off of that. So do the employees that you have that are working under the business. So you have, is it is it Dream Nation? Is that the one that's the digital company? And they're hired underneath that? Is, yeah. Media. So Dream Nation is the podcast. But think of Dream Nation. Um, so Dream, there's the Dream Nation podcast. The way that I have it built out is Dream Nation is really the empire, right? So Dream Nation is is everything, you know, there's spokes underneath it. Think about Berkshire Hathaway, right? That's Dream Nation is synonymous with that. Well, when you think about real estate, you have Berkshire Hathaway home services, right? So that's that second part. So you have Dream Nation Media or Dream Nation and then media. So that's that one. But then you have the Dream Nation and then you have podcasts. And so you have, and then we have like, clothing. We have a lot of different, you know, ancillaries when it comes to the business. So yeah, Dream Nation Media is the media company that helps with repurposing content, podcast content, all of that. That's great. So is there a way with digital marketing to grow a podcast? And what would that be? Because as I'm looking at, so my podcast, I'm thinking, well, you know, if I just put it out there, hopefully, you know, iTunes or Spotify will send people there. And there's also the thought like you could cut up little snippets and put it on social media, but I don't know if that's the best. There's also ads. You could you know run Facebook ads to get people to listen to your podcast. What would you suggest be a good way that we can grow our podcast as opposed to just waiting for iTunes or Spotify to send people to us? Yeah. So I think you got to think about where is your audience? A lot of the times if you're just talking about Spotify or iTunes and, and I was guilty of this in the beginning as well, thinking that just because we have a podcast, we do not have to invest into ourselves. Right. So what I mean by that is if you have a funnel, right. And if you want to get traffic to your funnel, what are you going to do? Most of the time you're going to go pay for ads. Right. A lot of times now you can grow your you can grow it organically by getting a Facebook group or discord group or something like that. But that's going to go slower. Right. Name a successful business out there that does not invest in marketing or any type of advertising. So if you have a podcast, it's the same thing. Yes. you When you start a, let's say, a local brick and mortar business. Yes, you can put that in a chamber of commerce. But what does that mean? It doesn't mean you still need a 
10, 15 years ago, you still needed yellow pages. Now you still need a website. You need social media channels. You need ads. It's the same thing with the podcast, right? You just have a different vehicle that you're trying to move through. And so that's what I would say. The first thing that I would do is I would look at ads, right? And I would look at ads where other people were already listening to successful podcasts. The other thing that I would do, and the reason why I said ads before doing this is because um, I think that ads can definitely get you a, a better return and it's a lot more um, feasible. And so number two is uh, going to people who already have an audience, which is great, right? Getting somebody like a Pat Flynn, you know, these are all the things I tried in the beginning, which was great. The only issue, so that gains you credibility because when people come to your show, they're saying, oh, you've already had all these people on there. That's great. But the issue is, the reason why people started doing that in the beginning was not only for the collaboration and the relationship building, but at the same time, hopefully getting that person to then share your content right in front of their audience. But that's become a lot harder because now a lot more people are focused on creating all of this micro content, micro content, and they might share a story or two, but it's, it's, it's a lot harder now because a lot of people are doing even podcast tours now. Right. You got a book launching. It's no longer that you're going to go city to city. You'll do podcast tours to get in front of people. So it's a lot harder to get people to share your content unless it was something that they loved that they said on your show. Right. It has to be something where they felt really good about it. And even with that, I mean, it, a lot of times it can just get lost in the shuffle because they've done now four or five other shows as well. And they don't want to feel like that they're overbearing their audience. So. That's why I like ads is because when people are listening to relevant podcasts, especially podcasts that are inside of your niche, right, at the top podcasts, I think that then if people, let's say it's real estate, right, a lot of people listen to the Bigger Pockets podcast or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, radio show or any of those. And so if you have something that's along those lines, let's say Bigger Pockets, but you dive deeper into your blue ocean, which is um, multifamily or uh, something along the lines of storage wars, where you talk about storage something like that. And people are into that stuff because they've heard a bigger pockets podcast. Now, when they hear your 30 second clip that tells them, Hey, I can go deeper into this. And then, so that's what I would say is the fastest way to grow. But of course, using social media can help you as well. If you can catch a couple clips that can go viral on a TikTok or a LinkedIn. I love the idea of all, like, all literally all the above. The only thing I haven't done so far is really putting any ad money towards it. Like, you know, Facebook or um, uh, being on another podcast where I'm buying as an ad spot on there. Now I've been on, oh my goodness. In the last like five months, six months, I've been on at least 60 or 70 different podcasts. And so you're hundred percent right. It's really hard to get podcasters to share because they're more than likely, if they're any good, they're going to be on lots of podcasts and they just can't share every single one. They, the people that are following me be like, oh my goodness, another one, another one, another one. And they're not, they're not going to be that happy. And so it's much harder to get them to share. And so we got to think of how can we organic, not organically, that's not the right way to say it. How can we with organic, with uh, paid advertising, with being strategic in uh, uh, using so social media, like all of the above, how do we make sure that we grow um, our business. And so with that, what would you suggest for somebody who is saying, I want to create a business where I service other people? Cause that's what you do. You serve other people. You make sure that everybody else is getting what they want. Is there a certain idea that maybe strikes them? Cause you had a need, you saw the need, you started building it out. And then you found out other people had the same need. So let me start serving that out to people, you know, build a company that can serve them. 
what would you suggest if somebody's wanting to get started in, in service and they don't really know what it is that they could do to serve other people? What, what would you, what would your suggestion be for them? Not just to get started because they want to get started, but how do they know what area they should start serving in? What are you good at? And what do people tell you? Wow. Or even thank you in the same sentence for it. So nowadays, you know, in the last three to five years, we've seen that you can literally do anything and make money if you have enough passion behind it and you're willing to show up every single day, right? So for some people, I would say, if you don't love to talk to people, it's probably not podcasting, even though you couldn't make a million dollars a year off a podcast thing, right? But if you don't like to talk to people, and and here's what I'll say about podcasting as well. Podcasting is such in its infancy stage, but what makes podcasting so powerful is 90% of podcasters are indie podcasters, right? But think about it. A lot of the times when you, here, here's the thing that it, this clicked to me like three months ago. And think about this. When you want to become a movie star, what did you have to do? You, you joined find, a, yeah, you go to Hollywood and you try to find people that are doing it. You try to find people that are doing it, but then you want to try to find a big, a big film director, right? A big agent. You wanted, you wanted somebody on your team that believed in you that could help you land a big deal. Now, the cool thing about the, the era and the time that we live in now is you don't need to, but that's not to say that those channels are not still valuable. So for some people out there, they're saying, man, I got a lot of content. I got a really good show but I'm not bringing in the that type of income, right? But have you ever thought about partnering with a big advertising firm? Have you ever thought about partnering with somebody like that that can put that marketing those marketing dollars behind you, right? If you don't have it, right? And then yes, maybe you're giving up a little bit of percentage, but if you have a good attorney that can negotiate that for you, if you're not being cheap, right? Because it's only going to be a one-time fee. Most likely you get the contract drawn up. And if you get to keep the name and the intellectual property, but they get X amount of profits and maybe you do it for the first two years, assuming they get this, then you get 80%, they get 20% and or however you do it. But that's where I hear a lot of times people are like, they quit podcasts because what do they say? Podcasts don't make it past like the 15th episode, right? Like 90% of podcasts don't make it past the 15th episode. They really don't give it enough time at, in don't. the end. Because people only seen the, you know, the income reports from Pat Flynn or J.O.D. or those type of guys. And they're saying, man, and I know because I was one of those people in the beginning. Right. But for me, luckily, I really like people and I like building relationships that it wasn't all about the money. But it's hard when you're seeing it and you're saying, listen, I could get paid six figures a year just by talking to people. Right. And and that's that's something that's very, you know, tough to get out of your mind. So um, those are the things that I would tell people to, to really strongly look at. If you have an idea, podcasting is no different than anything else. Right. Pitches to somebody who think about if you want to get in a real estate deal. Right. But you don't have the capital. What do you do? You have. First off, you got to find the deal. If you have the deal, you control everything but you don't have the capital. What do you do? You go find somebody with the capital. If you don't have the credit, what do you do? You go find somebody with the credit. If you don't have the expert. So that's what you do right now. You have the podcast. So if you don't have the funds to get that show out there and get more people knowing about it, if you know you have a great product, go find somebody who has the funds that can back you as this money comes in, which it will, because what every business needs, what 
traffic. They need eyeballs. They need ears. It doesn't matter if it's McDonald's, if it's Coca-Cola, if it's Berkshire Hathaway. That's why you can drive down your street and you're seeing billboards. That's why you're seeing digital billboards, right? So every place needs traffic and they're willing to pay for the person that can bring them the traffic. So if you can't bring the traffic right now because you don't have the capital, you need to go find somebody to partner up with that can help you bring the capital, right? So then you can get more traffic. And then what? That means more businesses are going to want to get in front of you. Is Facebook ads, do those work well to get people to go to a podcast? Or are you thinking on somebody's podcast, get an ad spot inside of that podcast so they hear, oh, now go check out this podcast now. Is that better or would Facebook work just fine? So I am a proponent of getting in front of other podcasters, uh, podcasts. Why? It's because the listeners are already there. With Facebook, obviously, the algorithms change all the time. And you really need a pretty strong clip. Plus, you need a pretty good guest that can make people stop. You know, obviously, you got to hook them. You need a little bit of a story. And then you need an offer of why they should, you know, click on your website or subscribe to your podcast. Because there's so many people that still don't even know uh, how to listen to a podcast, right? Like, I, I mean, I still talk to people daily that say, well, how can I find it? What do I got to do? Right. So I like going in front of people that are already listening to podcasts. I did try me personally. I tried probably a year and a half ago. I tried Facebook ads for the podcast and I didn't see the results that I was looking for. So if I'm going to advertise, I'm going to advertise on some of these podcast networks to get to me in front of, you know, uh, actual people who are listening to podcasts. Matt Casanova, I mean, you you have a wealth of knowledge and also your podcast is fantastic. People definitely need to check that out. How can people find you and and listen to your podcast, reach out to you and see what you've been up to? Yeah, so CasanovaBrooks.com, C-A-S-A-N-O-V-A. B-R-O-O-K-S, CasanovaBrooks.com. That leads into everything. You can also go to DreamNation.com. Uh, Casanova Brooks is kind of that centralized funnel, uh, but DreamNation.com, well, they both kind of interchange with one another. They're all the part of their family. So that's where you can listen to it. My podcast is the Dream Nation podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty accessible on social medias as well. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I always love people to be able to reach out to me, especially if they heard me on this show. Um, because I love to be able to show love back to friends and family who invite me on their show. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you letting me be on your show as well. Hopefully we can just continue to serve and help more people. So again, thanks a lot, man. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, 
I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.